Welcome to Get You Fit Radio, the radio show that helps you lead a healthy lifestyle. And included in leading a healthy lifestyle, of course, is exercise. And we don't want to forget how important exercise is. Well, as somebody that once used to dislike exercise, with a vengeance, I'm here to tell you that I was able to change that quite simply with just a few simple hacks. And I was just at a presentation helping uh, several people who dislike exercise kind of ease into the exercise world. And I thought, what a better way to include this into the world of Get You Fit Radio than to invite all of you non-exercisers, those of you listening that might not love to exercise, on how to ease into the world of exercise. And if you are somebody that's listening who loves to exercise, there's going to be a lot of great information in today's show where I'm going to include the importance of functional activities and non-functional activities into the exercise regimen. So I'm very excited today to talk to you about all of this fun stuff. So what is exercise? Well, first of all, exercise has evolved over the years. Um, when we think of exercise, we think of going to the gym, we think of working out, we think of sweat, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, way back when I first got my initial certification in exercise, I'll never forget learning what exercise is. And, and truly to define it, it is strength, it is cardiovascular wellness, and it is flexibility. And I've talked about this on several of my shows. Now, over the years, uh, exercise has evolved into this grueling uh, activity in which we assume that in order for us to see results, we must sweat, <laughs> we must cry, it must be painful, and it must be a certain amount of time or days. And that is so incredibly false. Uh, I sit here today after years and years and years of, of being a personal trainer. And like I said earlier, this is somebody that disliked exercise to the point of I would walk into a gym and instantly start yawning uh, because it, it, it just impacted me to that to that point. Uh, why did I go? Why did I force myself to exercise? because I had gained weight. In fact, most people start exercising either because of weight gain or because of doctor's orders. And, and truly and statistically, when somebody enters an exercise program uh, that they are not wanting to do on their own, it is typically because of weight gain or doctor's orders. So if you are listening right now to the show and you are feeling hmm, a little guilty because you might fall into one of those two categories, then this show is for you. All right. So first off, 
How much does it cost? I hear this all the time. Uh, exercise is free. I'm going to just put that out there. Uh, just as so many things in this world have different levels of cost, if you are somebody that is having a hard time wrapping your brain around the high costs of gyms, uh, first note, the costs of gyms have dropped incredibly over the years. Uh, when I first joined my first gym, uh, I want to say it was in 1988. Boy, well, were those the years. <laughs> I had to first put down a large chunk of money, which was the initial cost that was not refundable. And then I had to pay a monthly fee for, I think, uh, the rest of my life. <laughs> Where now you can walk into several of these gyms and many of them are, are $9.99 a month or less. Uh, and to top it off, there are subscriptions that you can get at home. There are free apps. So if you are struggling with the cost of it, it is completely free. So that is a non-issue. Uh, and, and you shouldn't be hung up on that. Now, if you are looking for guidance, um, definitely that accountability is a big factor. And if that's where you're struggling, if you are wanting that energy that comes with the gym, um, if you are wanting that camaraderie that comes with the gym, um, then in that case, definitely you want to invest in something that is affordable, um, that is close to your house, and certainly something that perhaps you can build a buddy system with, someone that can go with you. But the most important piece of this is that you engross yourself with the knowledge. What do you do once you get the gym membership? And the reason that I bring this up is uh, I've, I've, I've talked about this in previous shows. Uh, there are millions and millions and millions of people that have gym memberships. In, in fact, over 80 million Americans have gym memberships. 24% of those 80 million actually have more than one gym membership. Uh, 6.3 of those 80 million have not gone in over a year. And 24% of those 80 million only go in January, which is astonishing. I mean, if you think about how many people <laughs> equate to 80 million people and that 24% of them only go in January, that's insane. 48% uh, of the 80 million go twice a week, which is decent. Uh, and 68% uh, of the 80 million lie about the frequency of their gym visits. So, so my question to you is, if you're not going to go to the gym, then don't invest in the membership because it's just going to sit there. Um, and in today's show, I'm going to come up with some ways for you to work out at home and some motivational things for you to do while you're at home. And all of these things are going to benefit you greatly. Not only will they benefit you because you will be exercising, but they are going to benefit you in more ways than you can imagine. Because uh, part of my show today, and I mentioned this uh, in, the, in the promo, was functional versus non-functional. All right, so you might not know what that is, uh, so I'm going to explain it to you. When we are moving through our day and we're doing our thing, we are functioning. We are functioning through our lives. Uh, and for that reason, uh, it is important that when you do exercise, you include 
functional movements. Uh, if this is still not making sense to you, these are science-backed benefits of functional fitness training. And basically what this is, is these are exercises that have been proven to improve your daily function. Functional fitness mimics how you move in your everyday life. So you will naturally feel better and you will naturally move better from day to day. It's all about your movement patterns. Uh, specifically, functional training is built around bending, and lifting. It's also called the hip hinge, the lunging, the pushing, the pulling, and all of the rotation. Doing these movement patterns over and over leads to neutral adaptations. Uh, and truly that mind to muscle connection that we have uh, will become enhanced. So the more often you perform this movement, the neural pathways become stronger and these muscles start talking to each other, which makes this movement become more effective. Now, why will this help you in day-to-day -day life? Well, I'm here to explain to you that after being a trainer for 25 years um, and now seeing the after effects in people as I've gotten older and as my clients have gotten older, uh, we see injuries, rotator cuff injuries, we see knee injuries, we see lower back injuries. And this is because of the way that we move our bodies daily, every single day. Uh, we hurt our backs because of the way we pick up our grocery bags. We hurt our backs because of the way we pick up our kids and our grandkids. We hurt our shoulders because of the way we reach behind our car seats and grab our purses. Um, this is how we get hurt. And certainly as we age, our balance is not as secure. Uh, we lose muscle mass as we age, and therefore these pathways are weakened. So by including these functional exercises in with your day, you are incorporating the strength movements uh, to enhance these muscles and reduce the chance of injury. All right, so uh, let's improve your overall fitness. Unlike isolated exercises that you would perform at the gym, perhaps a set of dumbbells or barbells, let's just say. Um, you might be at the gym doing bicep curls, you might be doing squats, you might be doing overhead presses. These are all non-functional exercises, and yes, they are great, um, but these aren't going to help you in day-to-day -day life. Um, one study actually found that functional training uh, improved greater training overall in not only men, but women with explosive strength training and uh, resistance exercise groups when they applied non-functional training exercises in with their uh, regular exercise routines. So basically what they did was is they took a study of men and women, uh, trained them only with functional exercises, and that overall made a difference in their strength in the gym, which was astonish astonishing. All right, so uh, what can you do to strengthen these areas? Well, think about your day-to-day -day movements. Um, I don't know about you, but I go up and down my stairs <laughs> 
hundreds and hundreds of times a day. Uh, and when I do, I'm usually holding a bag. Uh, sometimes I'm holding boxes. Sometimes I'm holding things that are very heavy. So what can you do to simulate that? Well, at the gym, what you could do is take a medicine ball, or if you're at home, you could pick up a gallon of milk and hold it in front of you and just do squats. That movement is going to be very similar to the movement of you going up and down the stairs. You're going to be less prone to injury. Injuries often are signs of muscular imbalances, and we get exposed to this every single day. In fact, like I said earlier, you are more prone to hurting yourself uh, just getting into a car, uh, not paying attention to the way that you're swinging that door open or throwing the groceries in the back of your trunk, uh, you're going to improve those muscular imbalances and you are less likely to get injured if you perform these movements uh, either in the gym environment or at home. So that uh, sounds a little simple, doesn't it? It sure does. But what I'm forgetting to mention is the execution of it. You have to do it. Um, so functional fitness exercises to try. Uh, I'm going to kind of name a few, and then I'm going to tell you how you can implement them into your world and make sure that you're actually doing them. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to Huntley Community Radio, W-H-R-U-L-P, and I am talking about functional exercises, injury prevention, and how you can include these into your world. All right, so the first one is the inchworm to squat. Um, so what you have to do is stand up straight with your uh, legs wide apart, and you're basically just going to get into a plank position. So you're almost in a, in a push-up position. Um, and what you do for this is you are just going to get yourself back up into a standing position and then get yourself back down into that inchworm position. Now, if you're somebody that can't execute this movement, um, you might be somebody that is older and has issues getting up off the floor and back down onto the floor. I get this all the time from my elderly clients. This is something that you should work on. Uh, not being able to get up and off the floor is a functional movement that can be strengthened. And if you are struggling with this because you do have joint mobility issues, um, what you can do is do it near a couch where you can help yourself up and bring yourself back down. Um, and one thing I want to note is uh, oftentimes if we are injured or we are aging and we no longer can do a movement, we stop trying to do the movement. Well, the very first thing that happens is we lose functionality of those muscles. They're not going to get strong if you stop using them. So my suggestion is to keep exercising them, keep moving them. Even if you're not bouncing up like you used to, you're still activating those muscles. So again, that inchworm to squat, uh, encourage you to do that. All right, so the next one is rotational push-ups. And again, these are all things that you can do at home. So what you do on this one is uh, you get yourself into an actual push-up position. And as you push yourself up, you're going to rotate your body to the right and then rotate your body back to the center. And then you're going to rotate your body to the left. So you're basically just kind of like rocking your body to the right, back to the center, 
and then to the left. And what this is doing is it's, it's opening up your chest, it's strengthening your shoulders, and the benefits in this is it is a multi-joint movement, and it is pushing your own body weight up. Uh, my suggestion for this is to continue doing this for 20 to 40 seconds, and again, it's going to strengthen your shoulders, it's going to strengthen your neck, and it's gonna strengthen your lower back. All right, so another really, really good one to do, um, and I know I'm gonna hear this from the, uh, the peanut gallery, uh, because we have a lot of listeners that have knees that are problematic. Uh, dynamic lateral lunges. All right, so right away I said it, the knees are a problem. Uh, in order for knees to feel better, uh, we need to move them, just like the Tin Man. <laughs> if we don't move them, they're not going to feel better. And uh, just like the Tin Man, uh, that that oil that Dorothy, you know, put on his on his knees, got that moving. Uh, and and that's what you need to do also. So from a standing position, what you do is you just take a large step to the side and step back to the center. Uh, then you're going to switch sides, step out to the other side, and then back to the center. Now, I know this sounds ridiculously easy, but I'm talking to a vast audience right now. I'm talking to people that uh, can do this holding on to a heavy weight. Um, I'm talking to people that can do this picking up their child and lunging to the right and back to center and then lunging to the left. I'm talking to people that can do this with picking up their little kit kitten. Um, and then I'm talking to people that, that might need to do this holding on to a chair. But regardless, you're in control of the amount of, of knee bending that you're doing. So if you are somebody that does have issues with mobility and with range of motion in your knee, then you don't want to go into a deep lunge. Um, but think about how many times in a day you execute the movement of lunging and bending that knee. Uh, and if you are somebody that has issues with your knee and, and you try not to lunge when you're at the gym, you're still lunging throughout the day. And so therefore learning how to lunge properly uh, in a isolated scenario such as this where you're paying attention to the amount of knee bend that you're executing is ideal. Uh, that mind to muscle connection is going to build, those neural pathways are going to build. And when you are walking through a store, uh, you're, you're more apt to keep it within those limits, okay? All right, uh, and then finally, uh, the body saw plank. Uh, so what you're gonna do here is you are gonna get back down into that push-up position, but this time you're gonna get onto your forearms. And so you are sitting on your forearms, you're holding your body onto those forearms and you're just tightening your, your, your tummy. Uh, what you do then from there is you're gonna drop your tummy down so your belly button hits the ground and then you're gonna pop it back up. And you're gonna do that for about 40 seconds. So what this is doing is it's actually stretching your lower back. Uh, lower back injuries are one of the most common. Um, if you haven't had a lower back injury, whether it's a, a minor one or a major one, then then um, maybe you don't know what one is. <laughs> because at one point in your life, you you will tweak your lower back. Um, so so doing this this exercise um, by being on your forearms and just bringing your body up 
and then down. I, I like to tell my clients, pretend that there's a puppet string around your waist and the puppeteer is pulling that puppet string up and then dropping it down. Uh, that, again, is is loosening up that, that lower back. Um, so often when we pick something up off the floor, we don't think about uh, the movement of our lower back. We, we have our eye on the prize and we're just aiming to grab it and that is it. So teach your back how to properly bend and doing this saw plank will exactly do that. Um, and of course, what kind of personal trainer would I be if I didn't include a burpee <laughs> in these exercises? So uh, burpee front reverse. So, so let me explain this to you. You're going to stand with your feet shoulder width apart. Uh, you're going to push your hips back and you're basically going to bend down and reach for your toes. Okay, so now that your hands are reaching down towards your toes and you might not be able to reach your toes. So if you're just reaching your knees um, from here, you are going to now reach up towards the ceiling and then bring your hands back down to your hips. So basically all you're doing is reaching the ground and then coming all the way back up, reaching the ceiling and then bringing your hands back down to your hips. Now, as ridiculously easy as that sounds, um, I want you to stop for one minute and think about how many times in one day you might reach down for, for something towards the ground, um, whether you can reach it or not, or how many times you might reach up high for something in a day. Um, it's countless, and you are more than likely doing it wrong. Uh, more than likely, you are overextending, you are hyperextending, and you are putting those muscles at risk of injury. So like I said, doing this um, with, with this exact proportion, um, your body is able to know where it's at, and you are creating a challenge in your balance and a challenge in your space. Um, and so, so all of these exercises are, are merely examples of things that you can do. Um, there's bicycle crunches, there are four-point knee crunches that you can do, um, and there's a plethora of them. Now, now why should you try this? Uh, first off, uh, not only will it help you prevent injury, but my biggest claim to fame this is not about just calorie burning. This is not just about getting the rates down that your doctor is worried about, your cholesterol and your blood sugar and your blood pressure. Um, getting yourself up and moving uh, will increase your energy. Uh, it will decrease the likelihood that you are going to grab that cookie that's sitting on that countertop. Um, it's going to enhance your mood. It is going to increase the chances that you are going to make better food decisions throughout the day. And these things are all relevant and these things are all proven. And one thing that is truly uh, a newer piece of, of research um, of, of, that has just come out, um, 24 million people uh, in the world right now suffer from Alzheimer's. And this is expected to quadruple by the year 2050. Um, uh, what they have found is adding exercise to your day as little as 10 to 15 minutes, uh, only three times a day, can decrease the chances of Alzheimer's and dementia by over 
5%. Uh, and I know that this is a really hard thing to wrap your brain around because if you are in your 20s and in your 30s and in your 50s, uh, dementia feels like it is uh, eons away. But it will pay itself off. Um, it's a devastating disease. And those of you that might have family members that suffer from it know how devastating it is. So not only are you helping yourself on the outside by preventing all these injuries, but you're helping yourself on the inside. And the other thing that is going to come out of this is as you start to enjoy that energy that comes your way and you start to feel the benefits of all of this, you're going to start to create a liking for exercise. And just remember, Exercise does not need to be 30 minutes or 60 minutes. It doesn't need to be what it used to be when you were a college football star. <laughs> it doesn't need to be what it used to be when you were back in your 30s and you had all the time in the world to exercise. It just needs to be a small portion of your day, enough for it to make a change in your health and your wellness. And certainly, it just needs to be a little more than what you used to do. And if that used to do is zero, nothing, then certainly get moving and implement a few steps that will make a change in your day. So hope this helps, and I hope you get moving today. Simon Ryan.